Hello, I'm Kyle Corbwell, and this is On The Money, a weekly look how to get the best out of your savings and investments. So in our last episode of 2023, before we return early on in the new year, I'm joined by Richard Hunter, Head of Markets at Interact Investor, to look back at the investment predictions that were made by fund managers and asset allocators at the start of 2023. So we're going to focus on five predictions that were made, and we'll start with the R word, which of course is recession. So Richard, it was expected that in 2023, there would be a recession, particularly for the UK. I think the jury was a bit more out for the US. So why has the recession not yet happened? Yeah, in the UK, it uh, has basically continued to defy the doomsayers. There has been some economic growth, albeit fairly anemic. And at the same time, the consumer has shown areas of resilience, which quite simply weren't particularly expected, particularly given the cost of living crisis. There was a recent report from EasyJet, for example, suggesting that what is going to stay at the top of uh, individuals' lists is a holiday, come what may. Uh, and that kind of uh, Britishness is one of the reasons why there's been probably a bit more to fall back on than people had realised. Obviously, those savings both in the US and the UK are starting to run out, the savings that were accumulated during the pandemic. But nonetheless, that's where we are roughly in the UK. In terms of the US, uh, inflation and interest rates and expectations have dominated the market this year. And for the states in particular, it's all been about whether the Federal Reserve could engineer a soft landing, which, as we speak, is looking increasingly likely. And of course, stock markets don't like recessions because they cause uncertainty. And I think the prospect of a recession for the UK, it's just one of the headwinds that's putting investors off, putting money into the UK market. And, you know, I think it's another reason why there's been this trend over the past couple of years that continues to play out of investors broadening their horizons by investing more internationally, such as through global funds. So, for example, among our customers, Fundsmith Equity is hugely popular, as is the iShares Core MSCI World ETF, which offers a very low-cost way to gain exposure to global shares. Do you think that's a fair assessment, Richard, that the prospect of a recession is just putting some investors off, putting money into the UK? Of course it is. We've also got this other factor at play, which is the, the fact that uh, the UK is something of an investment pariah at the moment. It probably started off around the time of Brexit. And this, of course, is set against a year where in February the FTSE 100 topped 8,000 for the first ever time. Those gains have now totally evaporated and uh, the FTSE 100 is roughly trading uh, around the flat line. But of course, what we saw there was the defensive qualities of the FTSE 100 playing into its hands and the subsequent search for growth rather than value taking a lot of that away. So there are any number of people thinking that the UK is undervalued and we'll discuss that at some point, I'm sure, in terms of whether that could play out next year. And the low sentiment towards the UK market is particularly evident amongst the UK mid and small cap companies, which tend to have more of a domestic footprint. Now, at the start of 2023, many fund managers had expected this part of the market to stage a recovery. However, this has not played out. Both the um, FTSE 250 index and the FTSE small cap index, they're both down a couple of percentage points year to date. Richard, why do you think this recovery for mid and small cap UK companies has not yet happened? And are you surprised it's not yet happened? 
surprised on a perennial basis. It obviously feeds into the sentiment um, not only around the UK as an investment destination, but also the fact that this recession that we've just been speaking about was largely expected and being priced in, particularly, for, as you say, for the likes of FTSE 250 stocks. So with that in mind, that's kind of cast something of a, a shadow of the uh, small and mid-cap indexes. But increasingly, as you say, fund managers are starting to really beat the drum that there could be some value down there uh, and some real bargains going on. And in terms of the potential opportunities, the fund managers that I speak to, particularly those that you know invest in the mid and small cap part of the market, have heard the expression quite a lot now that you know they feel like a bit of a kid in a candy store because they're seeing lots and lots of opportunities. Are there any sectors that you would pick out, Richard, where you think actually that's where there is greater value than other areas? I think a couple of interesting potential opportunities could be, number one, the retailers. We've seen a number of smaller retailers under extreme pressure. Some have gone to the wall. And people like Next, the retailer, for example, has been mopping up any number of brands, basically paying for the brand rather than the operations. And I think that particular sector remains ripe for consolidation, not only within itself, but as an attraction to external investors as well. And I think that probably also extends to the hospitality sector, which for any number of reasons has been under pressure. You know, even since the end of the pandemic, we've now got a lot of the pandemic um, giveaways have, have now totally evaporated. We have still had higher energy costs. Some in the hospitality sector are starting to realise uh, that it's difficult to find staff. And there's only been something of a small return to business travel for the hotels, for example, uh, on the basis that so much these days is done on Zoom, Microsoft Teams and, and all the rest of it. So certainly in terms of on a historical basis, I think there could be some further consolidation either in the retailing or the hospitality sector. So next we're going to cover technology shares. So this was a prediction that Richard got absolutely spot on. Because when we recorded our 2023 predictions episode back in January, Richard mentioned that it being a tough year for technology stocks the year previous in 2022, because their valuations repriced in response to interest rate rises. And as a result, their share prices fell. However, Richard, you said that you suspected that there would be some bargain hunting going on following those share price falls for those big US technology companies. And of course, this has happened. However, I think one thing that wasn't predicted was how much of an impact artificial intelligence, so AI, would have on those share prices. What are your thoughts now, Richard? Are you surprised how much AI has sort of turbocharged those share prices for the so-called Magnificent Seven? I think particularly in the case of NVIDIA, you know, its share price year to date, it's trebled so far. Yeah, this kind of thing often surrounds technology. When you get a new technology uh, and investors are scrambling to put some kind of valuation on the potential profitability which AI could bring. Now, AI covers so many walks of life, of course, uh, that it really has caught the um, attention and imagination uh, of the tech stock. And it, it could be sometime yet before this particular bubble starts to burst. In fact, it could well have further to go. By the same token, 
If you look at the big tech stocks, especially the mega cap stocks in the US, AI is not the only game in town. They have access to other areas of technology which are growing apace. And bearing in mind that despite the fact the NASDAQ has, for example, has had a particularly strong year in 2023, it's still not back, particularly to the levels it was in 2022, let alone its all-time high. So on a valuations basis, uh, I think it seems reasonable to say that there should be further to go. I mean, for me, I mean, I think it's been quite refreshing. I think AI is probably the word that I've written the most this year, whereas previously, you know, it was COVID and Brexit. It's actually been quite nice to move on from those two events and write about something that could actually disrupt various industries. And it does seem like a very exciting technological innovation. In terms of the fund performance this year, as listeners may not be surprised to hear, it has been the technology funds that have topped the performance chart year to date. One of those that's performed very well is the LNG Global Technology Index. So this is a passive fund. It's up 47% year to date, and its top two holdings are Apple and Microsoft. They're very big weightings in that index. They both account for around 18%. So given that those two companies have had a good year, that has helped the performance of LNG Global Technology Index. However, if at some point the share price returns cool for those two big companies, then that will obviously have an influence the other way on performance for that passive index fund. So the next prediction, which has fell flat, is China. It was predicted that you know the loosening of its zero COVID policy would potentially lead to a rebound for its economy and then hopefully better times for its stock market. However, this has not played out. There was a sharp rally towards the end of 2022 for China's stock market, but 2023 has been disappointing. Richard, could you put your finger on why you think that's the case? Yeah, I mean, there was something of a bounce, as you say. China was one of the last to release its COVID lockdowns, and so the economy did bounce slightly in the immediate aftermath of that. Unfortunately, that has certainly not been followed through on any number of fronts. We've seen loosening consumer demand. There is high youth unemployment. And in particular, there is a beleaguered real estate sector in China with some multi-billion dollar losses potentially coming down the line, which has unsettled investors to the extent that they've been leaving China as a region in their droves. Now, I think it would be a brave person to bet against China in terms of its long-term potential. Clearly, it's one of the most populated countries in the world. It's got an emerging middle class. Increasingly, it's going down the urbanization route. But in the annals of history, probably 2023 will be a year which the Chinese investors probably rather forget. I've got to hold my hands up here. I didn't mention it on the podcast, but I did do a video in which I mentioned that I thought China did look very interesting in terms of valuations and the potential tailwinds of its economy reopening. And I mentioned that an investment trust that I like is Fidelity China Special Situations. However, year to date, it's down 17%. So I've got the proverbial egg on my face. However, you know, as Richard mentioned, it will take a brave person to bet against China over the long term. I do think for investors looking to gain exposure to China, this is a good option out there for investors. It's the biggest China investment trust. It's had the same fund manager for a long time. There's lots of boots on the ground in terms of analysts. And I think, you know, hopefully if you're prepared to invest for long term and be patient, have a five-year view, ideally invest for 10 years, then hopefully that performance will shine through. So the final prediction that I'll briefly cover off, which we discussed in our episode at the start of 2023, was the expectation that 
this year would see a better year for bonds. Now, on the one hand, it has been a better year for bonds if you're an investor that's been buying bonds this year to take advantage of the fact that bond yields are at their most attractive levels in well over a decade. However, if you invested in a bond fund a couple of years ago, there's not been a big turnaround in performance in terms of total return in 2023. My colleague, Sam Benstead, he carried out some research recently which showed that out of 311 funds from the most prominent bond fund sectors, only 21 have delivered a positive return since interest rates started rising at the end of 2021. And the reason why is because higher interest rates are very painful for bond prices. They cause bond prices to fall significantly. This is because investors have been pricing in this higher interest rate environment that we're now in. However, as mentioned, the silver lining is that for new investors, yields have risen in response to those prices falling. And you can now comfortably achieve a yield of around 5% on most bond funds, really. And many bond funds are yielding higher than that, towards around 7%. I mean, generally speaking, the higher the yield, the greater the risk. So do bear that in mind. And finally, Richard, is there anything that's happened in 2023 that no one predicted at the start of the year? I suppose the two things that come to mind for me, obviously we've had this very unfortunate war breakout, Israel, Hamas, and also separately there's been troubles in the banking system with a couple of US banks falling into difficulty and also um, European lender Credit Suisse had its difficulties as well before its takeover. Yeah, I think in any given year, such is the joy of uh, investing in the market. There are things which threaten to unsettle investors and, and knock a couple of skittles over that. The, the banking thing you mentioned, for example, as it luckily turns out, was a mini banking crisis, which investors got past. The uh, geopolitical situation with Israel adding to Russia-Ukraine, which is ongoing, of course, is also something which has played havoc positively and negatively with the oil price. But again, in terms of what we couldn't have predicted this year, I think we've already covered two of them. Number one is the impact which AI has had and continues to have. And the other one, of course, is that the FTSE 100 should reach a record high in February and probably end the year pretty much flat. My thanks to Richard and thank you for listening to this episode of On The Money. And I'd like to take this opportunity to wish all our listeners a wonderful festive period. If you enjoy the podcast, please do follow the show in your podcast app and please do spread the word, tell your friends, tell your family. And if you get a chance, leave us a review or a rating in your podcast app. You can join the conversation, ask questions and tell us what you would like to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. And in the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interactive Investor website at ii.co.uk.